Our This Week in XR podcast is sponsored by our friends at Sapper, the world's leading augmented reality platform and creative studio. With over 11 years of experience working with the world's biggest brands through Zapper Creative Studio. Zapper also has an award-winning web AR platform, Zapworks, that lets you create your own mobile AR magic. Finally, check out their Zap Box, the most affordable mixed reality headset on the planet. Start creating AR over at zap.works or talk to them about your next AR project at zapper.com. Good morning, everybody. I'm Charlie Fink with Ted Shilowitz. It's the 26th of May, 2023. Good morning, Ted. Morning. This is like uh, This Week in XR Classic Edition because we don't have our third third arm of the chair. We don't have Rody with us this week because yeah, it's a religious holiday week for him. Uh, and uh, I was just, you, you said, don't, 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 don't say it before we start recording. Because like, we always leave it in the green room. So Yeah. And I just think it's pretty great to have Rody with us every week. I mean, you know, he is... He is a, an XR rock star, legit. Oh, yeah. you know, he he put it out there, got Magic Leap off the ground, took all the slings and arrows, and, uh, you know. Come on, the guy has been making robots since, like, yeah. 2002. I mean. I do not give him nearly enough credit for who he is. <laughs> yeah. The genuine, fascinating person he is with all the amazements and all the foibles of life all rolled into one, just like the two of us. And we make a really good trio, I think. So we miss him this week. We miss you, Roni. We miss you. People um, people are really interested in what Roni has to say. He is a yeah. true expert. So yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm a kibitzer. Yeah. <laughs> you and I, you and I kibitz. Roni's, Roni's kind of got the real deal. He's it, it, exactly. So are you going to AWE next week? Well, all right. So here's the sort of disappointing news. I've actually been going through an existential crisis all week because... Well, I mean, the AWE Augmented World Expo has been going on for 14 years. For those yeah. of you not, oh familiar, God, you're gonna make me, you're gonna make me regret. It's got, it, it's got a very, very strong community vibe. There's about 6,000 people expected this year. 450 of them are gonna speak. Yeah. So you get the sense it's all inside baseball. Yeah. You know, there's nothing really there for consumers. AWE probably wouldn't say that, but I'll say that having gone seven times. Um, you know, I just don't think for consumers, it's a very it's good not show. a consumer show. No, no, yeah. it is it is a show for people. You know, like are... Snap is there, but they're there for the people who are doing the technology and for content creation parts, yeah. not for a, a casual user. Right. It is it is a show for people that are in this industry in some form, either reporting on it, building something, have a business aspiration to use it. Um, it's a really important moment for all of us, and and for me, like I was saying, I. For the past week, because five weeks from heart surgery, the physical part of my recovery is doing quite well. In fact, I'm quite advanced compared to most people that that go through this. And the, the doctors and all the, the nurses around me are kind of amazed at how well I've recovered and how I'm sort of back in action. And I have done three little local events where I kind of popped in to do my little spiel and then popped out. Because the biggest risk is not me getting on stage and talking and doing that with 450 other of our best friends and doing my little, you know, hour is it's the the rest of those two and a half, three days and the amount of exposure. So like the perfect example is I have this great group of friends and colleagues that are so concerned about me, but of course they're not living in my body. Right. So they don't, but, but they're like, just seems like a big risk. Don't, I don't think you should do it. I don't think you should do it. And actually yesterday I had a big long phone call with the doctor and the nurses 
And the one nurse who's like super smart and right on the ball, she's the, the big comment, you know, she starts with, well, you know, you probably could, but it sounds like there's going to be a lot of people that you know there. And the, the physical contact risk is, is maybe not worth the downside if you get sick from somebody that doesn't you're, you're still it. you're still in a place where if you I'm got still recovering it could kill you so if son if our friend sonia who organizes all this stuff is listening i have to send her the note that i probably uh, have to Rony, Rony and i Rony and i are doing a fireside show. i know you're going to do it remotely which is pretty yeah. great yeah yeah for those that we just gave it away you know there's always a technology trick because yeah. uh at the, in the first couple of hours of awe i know you've done them uh, uh, Ori, who gives the keynote, is the co-founder. Always does some gets some cool tech. Yeah, you reported on some news today where he's using like a, a kind of a, a consumer level sort of faux volumetric thing, right? To, to I actually do, I actually don't know yet. I I, oh. I look forward to being surprised. But well, okay, good. Well, then I'll, I'll are using <laughs> yeah, Roni and I are using a volumetric conferencing system. Yeah, that's so a real I'll, thing. I'll be yeah. sitting on a stage. Roni will be sitting in a conference room, and it will appear to be co-present. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm, unfortunately, you know, unless I I make a really really bad decision, which for me mentally will probably be a good decision, but I have to kind of make the wrong decision, is I probably have to stay away for a year. Yeah, it's um, enough. I mean, honestly, the people who are really urgently need to talk to you are going to call you. So that's right. it's fine. And, I'm just, and, I'm just bummed that we're not going to hang out. And, and you know that, and you know stuff. that, you know, the older you get, the faster a year goes by. Yeah. So AWE uh, 15 will be here before you know. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And, so and we're missing yeah. Roni. We have a great guest, by the way, yeah. Arthur Seichow, the uh, co-founder and CEO of uh, Somnimum space. Right, which is continuing to truck along, right? And uh, sort of keep themselves moving forward, which is kind you, of fascinating. You, you and I have been both been guests on Arthur's uh, talk show inside yep. Somnimum space. Yep, yep. So uh, he's got some announcements to make. You know, they're they're working uh, with Xtal on a headset, among other things. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. So yeah. kind of like our friends at Big Screen, like there's a lot of, yeah, customization going on and 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 refinement of things that don't necessarily need to find a giant large consumer audience, which I think is great for the industry. You know, some some specialized X-Tall, product. Is Xtal makes very uh, very high end headsets for industry and military applications. Most consumers have never heard of them, but their headsets are are, are quite quite astonishing. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, they have to be cantilevered from the ceiling. They're heavy as hell. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, you've never, I mean, it's better than human eye. So it almost makes you dizzy. Right. To experience. So good. Yeah. The devices are so good. These are military level headset. Yeah. Things. Yeah. This is not, you would not wear this thing for pleasure. Right. This is not what you're going to play Beat Saber on. Although it would be no. awesome to play Beat Saber on a hundred thousand oh dollar headset. Oh my God. <laughs> Again, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that because the 8K per eye. Maybe just too much. It's just maybe too much because like too much to look at, at things like books because you really feel like you could reach out and grab the spine, um, you know, and you just, there's no other headset that that does that, that yeah. pulls you so completely. Um, you know, I was worried. I literally worried. I couldn't get out of the demo BMW that they had in there because it couldn't open the door. It right. my brain. Right. Yeah. That's that much. The, yeah. Those experiences, I think, you know, guys like you and me have maybe had, let's call it 20 check marks in our lives where we have a moment where everything goes away that used to be reality and is replaced 
by a technological version of reality. And it happens every once and again. Like I remember these really interesting early moments with our friends at Oculus when they brought me into this room with all the QR codes. Did you ever have that experience where they no. brought you into the- before, before my time. It was really interesting. They were working in the very early stages on what would become sixed off when they had no tracking on the headsets mm -hmm. very, very early on. So you had to go in this like closet that had QR codes pasted all over the whole place. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. That is a great segue because okay. um, Enreal, which has oh, yeah. called Xreal, yeah. is going to be at AWE. I think they're a title sponsor. Chiyu is speaking, mm -hmm. in fact, right after me and Roni. So in a way, it's good Roni's not there in person or it might have been awkward. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, Chi, the... Uh, Founder, I guess, co-founder of um, now called Enreal, Enreal, yeah, which amicably settled its dispute with Unreal uh, right. with Epic Games over over Unreal. Even though I thought the confusion was dumb, it is hard to say Enreal. Yeah, uh, and uh, if you tell somebody for the first time, they do think they're writing down Unreal. Mm -hmm. So Xreal is a better name for them. They're launching a new headset called the Beam, and you know I've been talking about assisted reality for smartphones. Uh, and these screen extenders or screen reflectors that make your smartphone screen uh, appear to be um, a 201 inch high definition TV. Yeah. But it's not anchored. So you move your head to the left, the screen moves to the left. Yeah. It's a little uncomfortable for yeah. that reason. I think you could get used to it, but but it is a little bit weird because that's not what you're expecting. Yeah, it's not the intended like logic of when you have a, a big screen in front of you, that screen needs to have permanence. It needs so, to stay when you move and come back when you're when you come back. So there's Which a genuine Roy did very much in the early days of yeah. Magic Leap. He understood anchoring. So so yeah. they 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 have it their first hit with the Unreal Air. They can't mm -hmm. make enough of them. And now they're going to add three DOF to it which was really the only criticism I ever heard from people, that and uh, not enough compatibility and no compatibility yeah. with phones. And it looks like they've addressed both of those things. So uh, so, so, just to be clear for our listeners, if you own if you own one of these suckers, which was what, about $500 something, give or take? Oh, that's, you've got the air there. That's the air. Yeah. So you're telling me that they're going to do a, a three-dot upgrade yes. for this, or it's a new headset? That's, that's well, they're calling it a new headset, but that's a three-dot upgrade of the. Of you know, it's going to look like that essentially. Right. It'll just have more sensors and stuff in it. Got it? Yeah, so that they can do three-dot. I think three-dot is going to make that headset great. Personally. Yeah, I mean, you I think, I think it's going to force everybody else to do it as well. Right. Um, and it really might enable this kind of uh, screenless computing experience. Uh, you know, the company we were talking about yeah. last week uh, is doing that, uh, it, yeah. the space top laptop that uses the Enreal Lite, which I think is really a mistake because uh, it's too much technology for uh, too simple a task. They should have waited and they should immediately pivot to this new beam thing. Uh, you know, because the Enreal Lite is really just sort of like a one, it's like a beta version of the well, thing that they're doing now. Yeah, and my, you know, I mean, a lot of people, and I'm not one of them, tremendously, um, have criticized VR and VR headsets uh, at being uncomfortable. Uh, in my world, most VR headsets are not uncomfortable. They're just isolating. They're they're um, they're a little challenge to wear for too long. 
because uh, they 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 get hot. You feel yeah. claustrophobic, and yeah. uh, the but, batteries but don't, don't the batteries don't last that long anyway. Right. But I'm very comfortable wearing my Quest and my Quest Pro and all the different things you know things things that we have and and the HTC devices. I have no issue. But I'll tell you, every mixed reality device that I have, and I have a lot of them in this room, just like you do. None of them are comfortable. They all kind of like bit weird they crunch on your nose they don't line up right like the fit and finish is not there like no one has gotten to a point i mean even i get yeah so you're selling hundreds of thousands of devices not millions and millions of devices right but as much as i want to wear these things longer than i do i take them on the airplane with me every time i fly i try and i connect it to my ipad and i try and watch my virtual screen and i can really not get more than 20 25 minutes before it's like it's just too uncomfortable and i just go back to watching the screen yeah. i'm waiting for the day that that changes i'm hoping that the that the manufacturers get the message that I, making it feel really good is super important and we're not yeah, there well yet. that's that's the the achievement meta uh, that's what Meta achieved with the Ray-Ban glasses because they are truly good just, glasses yeah, and they don't right. look bad. Uh, right. They actually, actually kind of look good. Yeah, but, they look like regular Ray-Bans, yeah. But they, they didn't get the sound right, unfortunately. <laughs> and they don't get the sound right and there's no visual, right? So, right. Yeah. so yeah, so I, I mean, uh, it was a good, I mean, but I, I still think it's a success because it looks good. So th that problem overcome. Uh, on the other hand, you know, now they have to fit stuff into it. Yeah. So it actually looks like this week there was news that they're made license some Magic Leap technology. Yeah, so that's an interesting like, one to talk about, right? Like, they're no longer competitors. Right, right, right. So I think it would be nothing but good for Magic Leap to have another source of revenue. Yeah. And uh, I think it, it might make what Meta is doing and, and taking those gray band stories and turning them into real AR glasses may uh, advance a lot more quickly because of it. Because some of the science is hard and Magic Leap invented a lot of stuff that clearly it's not going to use. Magic Leap device in terms of its visual experience is far and away better than any other device of the, of its kind yes. on the planet. Yes. In terms of its physical yes. you know, horizontal Magic vertical. Leap, the Magic Leap 2 is ahead, although uh, the issue of the puck and the extreme, yeah, the pack and the wire is still a, a non You know, that's an issue, but you know, the visual on it is superb. There's right. no no argument there. Uh, so so Arthur is here in the green room. So let me just right. hit oh, Anthropic, $450 million from all of the usual suspects to create Claude. Claude. is a yes. chatbot. So yes. they're not calling it a generative AI. It's more of a personal assistant deal. I, I just feel like there needs to be a, a, a special version of Celebrity Deathmatch, which is Bard versus Claude. And that's yeah. what watch. <laughs> well, in a way, isn't that the way it's going to come down? I mean, it's going to yeah. be a duopoly. There's not going to be four major providers yeah. of these AR search chat, you know, uh, personal assistant. Uh, but they will get baked into everything. It's going to be like, you know, Amazon you know, on steroids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's see what else is in the news. Oh, Doug Lyman, you know, D director. Of course I know Doug really well. He, Doug was a big uh, early user of the red camera. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he, I mean, he's really leaning into tech. He did some 360 stuff with his 30 ninjas company, which I gather does TV commercials and other stuff. He's for those of you who don't know, he's a big Hollywood director. He directs movies like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which, you know, cost a hundred million dollars and, you know, was filled with big movie stars. Uh, 
so he just did a mobile AR movie experience. Mm -hmm. uh, so you download it on your uh, mobile device. It's in the Play Store and uh, also in uh, well, in the iPhone Store. And, uh, and, and so it's free. So uh, yeah, that's been, a, good that's, been early, that's been an early adopter and, and an attempt of trying to figure out this new medium for many years now. He did uh, a number, he did a 360 video kind of crime series. Now yeah. we're probably talking about eight, nine years ago uh, in the, in the days of the Samsung Gear VR. Uh, it was one of the yeah. sort of pieces of premiere content from a big known director experimenting with a new kind of all around um, it, video. It, yeah, let's see. AR experiment goes terribly in new mobile AR thriller asset 15 so it's yeah, got, got a lot of crit critique right it didn't quite uh, live up to the to expectations well the new one the new one has not been reviewed yet it just was released uh the 360 stuff was uh mixed mm. it it really the 360 did not and you know it was content for a medium that had no content that mm. could be made quickly you know there was no spatial computing right. to those devices uh, so it was what could be done if you wanted to tell a story using this medium. So now he gets the freedom of AR and localization of AR and the personalization of AR uh, to tell a story. And I'm, I've, I've downloaded the thing. I really am looking forward to taking some time with it. So good on Doug Lyman yeah. for really trying to tell stories with this technology in the earliest. I mean, he's going first, which is right. he's been know, going first never easy. On many fronts, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I see we have Arthur in the uh, waiting room, so let's bring him in. Okay. Arthur Saichop is the founder and CEO of Somnimum Space, which is a 3D virtual world, a little metaverse into itself. They have their own virtual currency called Cube. Uh, hello, hello. Hey, hello. Well, you were just, I was just introducing you and I was talking about Cube. All right. <laughs> that's an interesting topic <laughs> so, well i mean again it's cube is people build things inside of somnium space and and presumably like second life they they buy and sell things from each other and and cube is the currency you know this week um uh vr chat announced that they were pioneering some kind of a economy although it looks like at least at first it's more of a patreon like stuff that you pay yeah. people for services or for letting you into their private world or some such, because uh, I think that's really critical to sustaining, as you have, uh, the somnium, somnium space as a business uh, for so long. In fact, how long, when was Somnium space launched? Uh, it was launched in 2000, uh, hi, it was launched in 2000, so I started to work on it in 2017, and the official launch release on Steam uh, and elsewhere was 2018. It's a pretty long time already. Yeah, it's, oh, a good, yes. it's a good stretch now. Yeah, 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 we were there at the beginning. So congrats. Yep. Five years, not easy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and we're, you know, going strong and we're actually building as fast and we have the biggest team since the beginning right now. So uh, we didn't slow down a bit. We actually are accelerating pretty uh, significantly. Well, the good news is for anybody that's watching the YouTube version of this and not listening to it uh, as a podcast is at least you're doing well enough to have your own swag because you've got a cool sweatshirt that you're wearing there with your logo. I mean, honestly, that's such a blessing because this made my life and the choice of what to wear every day so much easier. <laughs> I just take Somnium hoodie and I go. That's it. Yeah, yeah we, I have an excuse. We, I have an excuse. 
Rodi and I completely, I was trying to Rodi and I, Charlie and I completely understand that concept. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely. I was channeling our inner Rodi there for a second, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, Rodi couldn't be with us. It's a Jewish holiday this weekend. Yeah. So where are you based out of, uh, Archer? Where, where do you, where, where is this little uh, cave with your microphone? Uh, in, yeah, in so I'm in Prague. Our main headquarters office is in Prague, uh -huh. um, but we have developers all over the world, literally, like right. from uh, from very east to very west. Um, is Prague, a, I mean, Prague is an amazing place. I to love it. Be and the food is amazing. The people are amazing. It's a, the culture is amazing. You're fairly close to you know the war, right, going on. Um, how is being in the environment in in a place like Prague right now, and and your day to day? And, and Prague is Ted. Prague is a European tech hub. Yeah, massive. That's it why is. I'm it is. Yeah. And it, and it's actually a a European like VR hub, I would say, because mm -hmm. you know. Um, you know, we're here, VR engineers are here, you know, the Beat Saber came from here. Right, the Beat Saber folks Leaf, came from Leaf was there and it's here. I think partly they're still here and partly they're in Berlin. So there's a pretty big VR hub. Um, there's also a pretty big blockchain hub. Czech Republic was one of the first countries which was really, you know, open and active in the blockchain scene. So it's a great combination, great architecture, great city for living. You know, I have two kids and, and the family, so... That from one side, this is amazing, and another side, the business is just um, as great as uh, in anywhere else. Maybe so, my, you know, my wife is Czech. She wants us to go live in Prague, and that you actually, should definitely that actually come and could, visit and consider. Yeah, I know. I've been there like four times, uh, so yeah. I, I would totally consider it just based on the food alone. Yeah, I agree. The food and the beer. You should just do the digital nomad thing, Charlie. You could live in Prague four months a year. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I, totally. I, I have. To, I have to say, you asked me how it is to, right now. Um, I think, you know, nothing much changed. But what I would say why I value Prague a lot is for its safety. Um, it's a very, very safe place. You know, you can just go outside anywhere in the city. I mean, there, in the morning, listening to your music and just not minding your own business. And it's just amazing. Are, so, are there a lot of Ukrainian refugees there? There are, there are. So I think you Czech Republic got like, 200,000 people yeah, from the Czech uh, Republic from, and, and from Poland, Italy. I think, got a massive influx. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. The, the Czech Republic's a tiny country, so yeah. 200,000. It is 10 million people, people, 10 million people, yeah. Yeah, two, two, 200,000 people is a significant influx there. It is, it is, it is. You know, it, it, it'd, it'd be like 8 million people in the United States or something like that, so. Yeah. Noticeable. So, well, that was, it's uh, great of the Czech Republic to be so open. Um, so let's let's talk more about Somnium space. Uh, I, yesterday we talked brief, or we talked briefly on Wednesday. Uh, so I know you have some news. Uh, we only have you know twenty minutes, so let let's start with that. Ooh. Okay, how to pack all of that uh, from the last time we spoke in Somnium, actually, and um, yeah, that was twenty twenty, I think. Yeah, I think it was twenty twenty. I started my own Deep Town Divers uh, VR podcast. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of like slowed down with that because I didn't have time, but I should revisit that and maybe I should reinvite you again to, to come on and uh, let's have an updated chat. Uh, that would be great. But yeah, Somnium, you know, we are, first of all, we're preparing a big Somnium 3.0 update, uh, which will be coming out this year. And it's basically, it will be a completely new platform. I mean, of course, it will be wow. still the Somnium everybody love and know. Um, you'll still have the base reality world where everybody appears and the parcels and the buildings and the creations. From the last time you've been in Somnium, 
it has changed a lot because there's like thousands of people built more things there. So it's kind of like a city. Yeah, I really right expect. Um, but, uh, but we are upgrading tech on our SDK side, allowing people to build almost any type of the world um, and trying to not limit their creativity. So, um, you know, the, the tech is significantly updated there. Uh, it will be more optimized, but yet, you know, much, much more beautiful. Um, and just the, the amount of, we are coming out with the marketplace with integrated. So we, we, we developed the integrated systems so that you can still have the, you know, the good decentralized system where you control your possessions at any point of time, but you can seamlessly trade that, um, inside Somnium. So you'd be able to buy wearables, avatars, or anything people would like to sell in VR without taking off the headset, confirming somewhere on the blockchain wallet, something it's just there. You click one button, you confirm it, and that's it. So we've developed the whole smart contract uh, on the blockchain to do that. You know, we believe, and we will continue to believe in decentralized systems. So we don't want our users to be in jeopardy of some new space or my goodwill. You know, we want people to control their own destinies and we want to be a decentralized platform. And that's what we do. We also are making big uh, moves towards interoperability. Uh, we'll announce them later this year, but uh, yeah, that's just whole belief of, of Somnium and the whole vision of Somnium. And uh, truly, honestly, metaverse, I don't believe the metaverse can exist in a centralized way. I just don't believe that's the case. So that's what we are trying to build here. So my, my question is kind of an interesting one. And I think a lot of the people that listen to this podcast would like to know this because we're always tracking success dynamics of new forms of commerce and connectivity and social behavior. Um, so I'll use the word DAO and DAO in two different ways, right? Uh, I'll use the word DAO as you talk about the decentralized underpinnings, which is fantastic that you're using it. There's another version of DAO, daily active users, right? Uh, if you look at a company like Roblox, they tout that they have a massive amount of daily active users. So sometimes 70 million kids. I was, was going to say, I think it's 56 million was last yeah. year. Bonkers, right? It's insane, right? It's insane. Now, you're a successful business. You've been running this for a number of years. Do you have a sense of how many people are in the platform on any given day? And do you feel like you're accomplishing the goals? Like, is it is it working enough that you're getting enough daily activity to support your aspirations? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I, I'll answer it in a two different steps. So uh, we've never been uh, trying to, you know, because of the combination of the technology we have chosen our path on, it's VR and blockchain. Uh, we're kind of limiting the market uh, for ourselves, but we are doing it on purpose, meaning meaning that we we believe that that's the future of the of the the metaverse of the social VR, and we know that right now not so many people are active. Those who are using VR and the blockchain at the same time who understand those technologies, but we deliberately go in that direction. So. Uh, of course, we know how many people log in, and we've been—I've been open about it. So let's say in VR, we have around about 100 people log in into our base reality world every day, and we have a web client which accommodates anywhere between 500 to one and a half thousand people every day. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's some events running and stuff like that. Um, so that's number one. Um, but for us, we—you know—those who log in and those who build on top of Somnium they understand why they're doing it and they exactly know what they're trying to achieve together with us. Right. And, 
to at the second part of yes, so the, from the business perspective perspective, we've done quite well um, in the past, and it allowed us to go on and you know fund our development and fund our VR headset, which we'll probably discuss uh, in a bit. Yeah. And um, we will keep pushing in that direction while we're trying to make the um, the user interface and the user use case um, as easy as possible, right? Like centralized platforms, they do have um, a head start there because it's very easy to use. You just log in, boom, you have everything there, but it's all centralized. In our case, you have to be a little bit more technical savvy to run your own wallet and to know this and know that. But as I said, we are deliberately pushing in that direction because we believe that more and more people will be using those technologies in the future. And this, you know, those technologies will converge together. So yeah, while we're here a lot of, little bit behind on the daily active users, uh, we are doing well on the technology side and on the vision yeah. side, I would say. Well, and, that, and that's totally okay because you know, in on our world, we say you're playing the long game, not the short, right? You Correct. believe in a future, you've invested both psychologically and from a business dynamic standpoint in, don't worry about where we sit today. We're an emerging platform and an emerging technology. No different than you know when the guys that started Google had six people a day on their Google search engine at uh, Stanford. And yeah. they're like, yeah, but maybe someday people will use this and, and they won't go buy newspapers and run classified ads, right? So there's always gotta be people pushing the envelope, kind of always looking 10 years plus out. So if you're really- exactly. Yeah. One metric which is important for us is um, when we see people who really build on top of Somnium, these are people who are achieving significant success with their builds, um, mm. whether it's technological success or they're able to build something which they're not able to build otherwhere, you know, in other places, um, or they're also making a full-time living in Somnium. Right. So that's, that's another thing. While the number is, if you would just say the, the absolute number is still low, but the, the 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 metric of what we're seeing is significantly important for us. So wait, just, let as me you said with Google, today it's 10 people, 20 people, tomorrow it will be 200 and then 2,000 and eventually 2 million. So uh, that's what we're looking at, more of a real metrics of how people use our platform. Uh, you mentioned that there are people working full-time making money on your platform. They're not employees of Sonimum Space. So let it, can we talk about how were they doing that? Exactly. So we have uh, we have several um, you know architects or builders of the worlds and parcels who are able to monetize their skills and build for other companies. Like we have wow. a legal company uh, which uh, have built two different headquarters in Somnium Space, and they use those places to have uh, open hours for their customers in VR or in the web client. So I think they have one hour or two hours um, per week in VR. So anyone can log in and just have a legal consultancy with them on, in their headquarters, and then they have in a web client. So that's one example. And they needed to hire someone to build it for them. Um, and then we have musicians who are DJing for the parties. Let's say a company wants to run an event, and normally they want to have an after party. So they hire those DJs to, um, to play for them. And these are live DJs playing live in VR uh, to the audience. Um, we, have, uh, we have actually really interesting... Um, several people who are building, they kind of build a second layer on top of Somnium SDK. So we have Somnium SDK. Um, it's a set of tools uh, which you can use to build worlds. It's very open. Wait, 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 wait. So let me let me back up just for the out of it. Tech, tech elite. All right, all right. I give up. Okay. I, I <laughs> want to build a place in VR. Yeah. Right? I don't want to I don't want to do it in a closed platform like uh, Horizon, where if Meta changes their mind about Horizon 
all my work would be Oof. at their mercy. Right. We all saw that with all the states. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, so you Got take it. a risk by taking free stuff from a big business that doesn't view you as an individual. Correct. And and that's because that's their business model. Nothing personal, but yep. uh, you are you you will serve at their pleasure, so to speak. Uh, so I decided I want to build insomnium space instead. Now I'm I you know I'm not a real game developer, but I can build a level uh, and upload it to uh, one of the hosting platforms like like Spatial or or mm -hmm. I used to use Altspace in the old days. So. And in order to do that, I would use Unity, uh, or I could have used Unreal, of course, uh, the two commonly used game engines. Uh, and so I downloaded their software development kit. So now I'm looking at a modified version of Unity that is just for, you know, uh, their platform. So that's what I would do with Sunimum Space, right? I download your SDK, and now I would have a game engine that is tailored to the needs of your platform. Is correct and correct? actually it's two it's yes you're absolutely right it's two-way uh part so we've developed our builder uh which is a very easy to use tool to build things quickly and beautifully so i don't know if you played sims uh i did uh, and i love the game yeah. so if you can do things in sims you can do things in somnium builder and somnium builder is very okay, easy so you to have use. a proprietary tool we have a proprietary it's tool, which a game is level engine. one. It's not a game part of the game engine or it's integrated into the game engine. It's integrated. It's oh, we, okay. are, we are, you know, Somnium is based on Unity with a lot of custom things built on top. But oh, the okay. core, the to core is Unity. Yeah. Exactly. So we've built this, we've built this builder for people who just don't want to deal with code or with so, Unity itself. Um they just go in they, they yeah. Right. So you built some APIs so that people don't yes. have to write. That, that's level code. one. That's level right. one. That's for that for someone who wants to just go in, quickly build the, the building or right. the somebody somebody class. like me who is not a real developer. Could you, you know, you don't want to deal with that. But now we obviously have of course, not a developer. We, yeah, we have we have of course a Unity SDK. That's what you were discussing and, yes. and uh you were telling. So well again, I was just trying to pantomime what I would do if I wanted to build in some of them space. So I would be using your proprietary tools sitting on top of Unity. And I suppose there are people who are very, very good at that because they are good yes. at Unity. Yes. Uh, and so let's say I have a bubblegum business and I want to sell bubblegum in the metaverse. So I would buy land uh, in Somnium space. Or rent, or rent. Or rent or from rent. someone who already has Exactly, bubblegum. from other people, yep. Right, and, um, and then I would hire uh, building architect developer to put up my store on that land. Correct. Correct. And then if I wanted to people to visit, do they have to download the Somnium app or can I just send them a link to my store? Both. That's the beauty of it because we have the web client and we have the VR client. The VR client is the holy grail of immersion, right? It's the most beautiful experience you can have. Um, you know, you can wear a Tesla suit and go and experience how bubble gum touches your body and all of this kind of goodness. <laughs> that that's that's the that's the VR client. But if you just want to have a very quick representation and you say, hey, this is my store, there's some videos, some images, there is some. Oh, right. some I mean, I've got I've got a website, and so I want people on my website to see what I've built in the metaverse. You can directly embed the parcel, the web parcel, because we have we support the iframe oh, embedment. You can embed the web nice. directly into the website. So again, nice. they end up in your parcel right away. So so when all of that is said and done, how much do you figure my um bubblegum store has cost me? 
It depends. It depends. It's on a the pretty simple store. It's just one story with a nice facade, but the sides don't matter. I think you'll be able to build it yourself with the builder, honestly, and you'll have a lot of fun doing that. You don't need to pay anyone to do that. But if you want to go a little bit pro professional, I'd say maybe somewhere for $500, $600, you'll be able to hire someone to build you a nice store on a parcel. And the rent, the rent generally is 10% of the land parcel price per year. So let's oh, say the parcel costs $6,000, you pay 600 per year and you have it rent. And if you want to buy a parcel, it ranges anywhere from, I don't know, 500 to $5,000, depending that's, on the location, that's actually, on the size. That's actually a great deal. Yeah. It's basically it's, the same price as making a normal website. You know, yeah. point, but, no point, wonder you're doing so well. <laughs> the, the, the point is, and this is what people don't understand. The point is when you go to a platform where you get everything for free, it's kind of a cheating a little bit because you become a you 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 are the product you right. you as the user you are a product right. in our case what we did and what we're doing is we say look we need money to run our business we need it in a decentralized transparent way you can go today look at our wallets of somnium space and figure out how much money somnium earns literally i cannot hide it free from you and that is the level of transparency i want to have with my users because wow. you as the user you need to have a you know, you need to be sure that the business we are running is a sustainable business for the long term. And that's why we believe in this future. That's why we believe in this vision. That's pretty great. So uh, yesterday or Wednesday, we were talking a little bit about your ambitions in hardware, right? Ted, Ted and I were mentioned it a little while ago. Big Screen is working on uh, its own headset, uh, which will, I guess, be a Steam-based headset. Uh, your your similarly will will run with the Steam software, right? Or Valve software. Yeah, we we are uh, base station. Where is it here? We are the base yep, station track headset. Um, our approach is a bit different. Um, as I mentioned when we were talking, um, th th there are several reasons why I wanted to make a headset, and I just believe. And as we do the decentralized platform, I believe in in an open um, open source and open. Um, access to VR. I want people to own their hardware. I want people to have the best of the best what is possible today on a consumer level. Um, and, you know, let's go like this. I hate making compromises on the, on, on the quality. And, um, and that's how we approach uh, Somnium in a, in a software part and also on the, on the hardware part right now. So, okay, so yeah. let, me, let, me, let me pause you there and let me ask you have some pointed questions about this headset because I think people are going to be very intrigued, right? Absolutely. Um, right now, you support every mainstream commercial headset on the market, right? You support Correct. Quest, the older Rifts, everything, uh, the everything. Valve Index, uh, yep. the, the uh, various HTC devices, right? Eco, everything, right. yeah. Eco, right, right. So you've got the whole collection of the headsets yep. that exist today. Yep. You can download someone's space the, and the, the whole collection of PC-based headsets. PC-based. Uh, no, no, they're well all in one, right? I mean, you've got. Can, the, can, 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 can the Quest Two or the Pro access Somnium space? Uh, we have. We, if you talk, you can access through the link or through virtual desktop, or you can have you can run our alpha version of the standalone app, which will go to beta uh, this year. So we'll have, a, we'll have okay. a standalone version of Somnium of Somnium. But right uh, now, your users, that exclusive club of users, are really. I recommend using the PC. Yes. yes. Got it. Yes. Okay. All right. So give us a little whatever you can tell us. Give us a little clue, or or as, as many breadcrumbs as you can drop 
about what you're building that will be a differentiator from the headsets that your users are using now? What, what is, what is going to get them excited when you launch this thing that is going to make it special and the device that you want people to use? Because clearly yeah, first, you have a frustration with the devices that exist today if you're building your own. Absolutely. So first of all, it's, it's optics and screen and the whole optical system. Because we have developed a you know a very special one, which is like a dual lens per eye, spheric lenses optical system, and we have a very good screen. So we angle it in a special way so that you have the highest field of view of any consumer headset right away. We are we, you, we are achieving 125 degrees horizontal field of view with a very clear image um, and a very bright image. That's mm. very important. So that's that's number one, which is of course you know very important for every headset. Um, there is, for me, there is there is another um, aspect of that. We have developed the headset. Like this is the older older prototype. I'll just show you on the camera uh, to see. So each headset will have four anchor points. So this is anchor point one, two from the other side, three, and below uh, there is the there is the fourth one. What it allows you to do is allows you to unscrew those anchor points and three D print any add-on to it. So you can attach, each anchor point has a USB-C. It's a 10 gigabit USB-C, so you can connect any peripheral to, to your headset. And you can print the holder for that peripheral to your headset. Or if you have a different head strap and you want to put different sides, um, which is narrower or uh, more wider, you can do that. You can unscrew the side anchor point and you can screw in. So it's kind of like a modular headset, which gives you more power um, as a user to, to modify it. And did I see um, when you set up the prototype, there are two cameras on the front of the headset? Correct. So, so because our headset is modular, we, we listened, you know, we showed this on the CES. And one of the feedbacks was, hey, guys, that's amazing, uh, really cool. But can you allow us to, um, can you allow us to actually buy what we want? Because our headset has eye tracking. It has hand tracking. It has, you know, it has pass-through cameras. But some people say, hey, I don't need pass-through cameras. I don't want to overpay for that. Or yeah. someone doesn't, you know, they don't need the, the hand tracking. So we said, okay. So we had to make, we had to go through some production modifications to be able to facilitate that. But today we're able to facilitate that. You will be just clicking on the website and saying, hey, I want a headset with eye tracking, but I don't need pass-through cameras, uh, but I'll probably take hand tracking. And that's the price will be okay. combined from that. It's, it's really modular. Yeah. And, um, and we are trying to achieve, and I think we're very near of that, that you will buy a headset independently on whether you are a private you know, customer or you're a, um, an enterprise customer. You just buy, you don't pay any subscription fees. You don't pay any licenses additional. There's no hidden, you know, hidden terms and conditions. You just buy a headset and you use it for your own needs, whether you're developing a multi-million game or you're just a indie developer by yourself, it doesn't matter. The headset is yours. You own it and you, you, can, you, um, you control it. And we're open sourcing many aspects of the software of that headset. For example, you have a raw um, image from the cameras. Uh, you'll have the same for the eye tracking. So we are giving you those superpowers, this headset, so you'll be able to take it and do, I don't know, the research in the university or the development of the game, or you're doing the pass-through game. All of it is up to you. Charlie, I think you had a question, and then I have a very nuanced question that I think no, only no, can answer. All right. Well, here's here's my very nuanced question that not a lot of people can even attempt to answer, but I think you're one of the few that can. So I, I saw and I mentioned that you had two cameras on the front of the device. Correct. Um, but does the device, 
either through its USB modularity, have the ability to be an inside out tracking headset? Or do you believe that the right way for VR to continue to move forward to high-end VR is having external trackers? The reason I ask is because I have this very strange belief structure that I have no actual scientific evidence for, just anecdotal evidence that tra external tracked VR is better than tracking on device that- Oh, that's 100% because oh, of the- right. So now I've got someone that can talk to me about this because oh, I feel like in the early days of VR when I was using my Vive with the lighthouses or the early, early uh, Oculus devices with the cameras, I felt like it worked better. I felt like I, it, it was a very nuanced thing, but I felt like I was more in VR than any device that uses cameras that look the other way because just the way that it has to track the room and track where the headset is in physical space. So you have an opinion on this, which is interesting because not a lot of people do. And yes. commercial so companies would deny that this exists in any way, shape or form, that there is no difference. So I no, want to- there, there is, there is. And there, there is scientific difference, right? It's the speed of light and, and the processing power and the PC stuff. So the, 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 for, for the day-to-day -day consumer, um, if you're not playing competitive games in VR or trying to achieve the best of the best, um, inside out tracking, so that's what in the standalone headset through the cameras, it's fine. It's working really well. I love my Pico, you know, uh, it's working really well. It's fine. Um, PC VR can achieve much more um, uh, in terms of, again, in terms of the precision and latency. That's number one. Number two, you know, our user base is social VR based uh, uh, for, 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 for the applications. If we talk about full body tracking, for example, until up to day, and still today it's true, full body tracking is the you know, base station track system. Mm -hmm. And again, it's about the precision. So if you want to combine full body tracking with a headset, of course, there are workarounds on the standalones, but these are workarounds. These are really not comfortable workarounds to do. You have to recalibrate every time. With the PC VR headset, you can you can use full body tracking, and Somni will support soon eleven point tracking, and you can do it natively. So yeah. yes, do I love more the base station tracking in personal preferences? Yes, I use Valve Index every day, and I just love PC. You know the, the base station tracking. Um, is is the inside out tracking getting better? Yes, it does. Um, but I would still prefer for several years the uh, the base station, and then we'll see. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. That's a great answer because, you know, in, in these moments, Charlie and I were talking at the beginning of the podcast, these really important moments of our lives in VR, I have this deep, strong, recognized moment of in that Oculus demo loop of their content uh, in the, the Rift 1, Rift 2 days, um, when the dinosaur walked over on top of you, and it was just like, wow, this is the most remarkable thing. I remember the um, the Valve VR experience that was kind of based on the, the Portal game um, and yeah. The, yeah. The, the robot assembly and disassembly yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the most remarkable piece of VR oh, for sure. experience. For sure. And that has all sort of gone away a little bit. Like the, It's such a small little club of us that have experienced VR like that because we went to the trouble of setting up the base stations and setting up the cameras and dealing with all the aggravation of all that and the big PCs and the graphics cards. But- it, You are not alone, you are not alone. There's so many enthusiasts out there 
who love uh, base stations. So I've got some base stations right here gathering dust. I still have a vibe room that I fire up every now and again. And I'm like, oh, and yeah. even though the pixel count is like, yeah, a, everybody's got get, space and extra room to be their vibe room. It's so good. It's like, it's so good. And yes, I love my quest. It works great. It's super convenient. But I would never say, oh my God, it's so good. Like, <laughs> just, you know, it, like, I don't know. It's just a moment in time. This I is guess. this is all the time we have, Arthur, unfortunately. <laughs> but it was great to see you. I'm going to, we're going to hang out when I'm in Prague. Absolutely. Let me know. That yeah, I, to I, I totally will. Uh, that may be even in my near future. Ted, um, glad you're feeling better. Sorry to miss you at AWE. Yeah, I'm sorry to miss you all next week. Uh, I will are, be are you going to AWE? Are you not? Are you not? Uh, I'm not, but the company we invested in is there, and um, Charlie will probably visit them. Uh, okay, to have okay. a mind-blowing demo of best uh, optics out there. Uh, okay, make sure you email me and remind me, and I definitely yep. do that. Uh, I'll be at AWE next Friday for the podcast, and uh, we'll have news, I am sure. Uh, anyway, you guys, have a great weekend, everybody. And uh, Archer, I'm sure we'll see you back here on the show. It was great to finally get you on. Yeah, Thank you for having me. It really was a pleasure. Good. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks. Bye-bye. So See you. Bye-bye.